It's Noah. It's Noah. And Blue Ribbon, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> or Stag. Did you ever see the movie Blue Velvet? Um, nah, With Dennis familiar. Hopper. Well, I'll, uh, I'll YouTube you a clip of it later. <laughs> so funny. And if you are a fan of Blue Velvet, then you are ready for episode 7. Discussion. What was that, Dan? Discography discussion. What was that, Dan? Discography discussion. What are we talking about tonight? Megadeth. Megadeth? Jo- Josh is back there, too. You can see him this time. I know. Hi, guys. This might be the worst opening we've ever done. Probably. Which means care. it's going to be the best episode we've ever done. Clearly, it will be that. I don't know. Slayer was pretty good. It was pretty heavy. You a fan of Slayer? Totally and, con- and consistent. We're discussing that other band. Dude, Megadeth. are we are we seriously approaching band three of the big four? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> According I mean, to you, we're never going to do the fourth one. Well, I'm on board with that. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. No, we're not ever doing a th- Anthrax episode. It's nothing again. I don't know. There's yeah. There, I don't. Whatever. Don't say it's nothing because just say it for what it is. Between all of the bands, that is the one that you do not enjoy. They're the weak link of the four. I got nothing. Like, they're a good band. I just don't like their vocalists. I just don't acknowledge it. I'm sorry. I just don't like it. Scott Ian, I give him so give, give a shout-out for him. He's he's a killer guitar player. But anyway, let's talk about a band we do like. <laughs> Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine, the band. Pretty much. A.K.A. Megadeth. We're not going to discuss the lineup changes because there's quite a few. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to deal with it. So, yeah, I mean. I ain't got time for that kind of negativity in my life. The only, outside of Dave, the only other constant guy who's been in, in there for the majority of it would be their bass player. Uh, what's it? I forget his first name. Elfson was his last name. Anybody? Do the bass player? Bueller. Yeah. Isn't he in uh, the Trans-Siberian <laughs> Orchestra? Yes, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, I think like so. Like wiping yeah. his butt with $100 bills? Yes, yes. Just what I would be doing. That's right. We, t- we tied in Megadeth to Sabotage again. Look <laughs> it up. <laughs> so how did Megadeth get started, Josh, since I know you know the story? <laughs> Hit it, Josh. <laughs> well, Dave Mustaine was the original lead guitarist for a little band called Metallica. Who's that? Well, they're this little metal band that came out of California. Didn't we already Just do an episode on them? Started the whole thrash movement. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so now pause this episode and listen to episode <laughs> one and then start again. We'll come back in 30. I uh, know he was the original guitar player uh, in Metallica, as everyone knows. And before Kill 'em All came out, he was kicked out of the band unceremoniously. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> kind, of, kind of a dick move. As the story goes, they woke him up. Put him on a bus, sent him back uh, back east. Careful now, that phrase is trademarked. Is it really? <laughs> as the story goes. I would be surprised. Oh, wait, that would be as it grows, right? As the story grows. The story yeah. grows. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Giggity. So before we get too far, I'm going to take the time to say thank you to everybody that listens to this podcast, and there are many of you. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Play. We are on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo product, you can tell it to play the latest episode of Discography Discussion, and you will hear these lovely voices right here. Yepper. Yep. We're also on Twitter at Discuss Metal. We have a domain set up, www.discussmetal.com. Although right now, your best bet is to go to podcast.discussmetal.com. But if you're listening to this, you've probably already been there. And thank you. Yes, thank you. Without you, we could not be doing this. Well, we could do this. We'd but still be doing nobody it. Nobody would be listening be to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Megadeth. So yeah, so Dave gets kicked out of the band and begrudgingly starts Megadeth. Very begrudgingly. Very much. Total, his whole total life, rebound, total revenge. Yep, his to- I mean, in, in all honesty, I would say for probably the better part of, I don't know, 10, 13 albums were trying to be better aren't than there, Metallica. Aren't there 14 albums total? You know, you might think <laughs> that that many records were going to be in for a two or three hour conversation, but with Megadeth, you get to summarize it at certain points because... Dave, as a songwriter, is a very consistent songwriter. Pretty much. And there are eras, especially the most recent four albums, that I would call, those are records written, those are Megadeth albums. And every single song is good for those fans out there of the Foo Fighters who say that every song by the Foo Fighters sounds like the Foo Fighters and it's good. Well, guess what? Megadeth, they're guilty of that. 
You know, you're going to get an album. You're not going to get any surprises. There was a couple of spots there where you might have, but for the most part, it all sounds consistent. Experiments here or there, but yeah. Uh, much like Slayer, they have one formula, and they pretty much stuck to it most of their career. And it's no secret that I am a Metallica fan. James Hetfield, when it comes to guitar styles and whatnot, Josh being of Kirk. But, you know, Megadeth got a bad rap from metal fans for years for basically no reason. For not being Metallica. Yeah, pretty much. And that's the, that's the thing crap, because Dave is actually an awesome guitar player. Like, a lot of their stuff is riff-driven. I mean, their songs, like we were just discussing beforehand... Technical, there, yeah, it's technical. So there's there's so few bands to where when you go to a live show, the crowd can hum and sing the guitar parts, and that's Dave is. I mean, all that stuff's come from his head. He's a genius on that stuff. They're yeah, for sure, definitely a guitar player's band. Yes. I think the criticisms I've heard from the various interviews and documentaries I've seen done and live performances, you always hear the same thing. Like the fans are asking for more complex bass parts. They're asking us for better. Better beats. You know, the drums in Megadeth beats are by Dave. very consistent <laughs> yeah. in their style or expectation. I mean, it's thrash, so you're not breaking any rules here. But it's mostly thrash. You can hear <laughs> Dave's thrash. very consistent, you know, like, this is the beat this needs, so let's not create anything out of this world that nobody wants to hear. Aw, <laughs> Did you listen to Killing Is My Business? Uh, speaking of Killing Is My Business, <laughs> that's right. And Bidness is good. 1985. God, I wish I could have been in that studio when Dave is just writing this this album. I would have I would have loved to have been there just to see the stuff that he's just muttering to himself as he's laying down these tracks. I feel like, yeah, there probably were like angry. Oh, yeah. Angry spells where he, He'd just throw his guitar down and walk off into a room and you'd just hear screaming and smashing things in the other room. Yeah, I can't imagine that couldn't that would not have not happened at some point. This, you know, the first couple of albums. Can you imagine if cell phones had been invented? Oh jeez. When when <laughs> Dave was kicked out of Metallica? I mean, can you imagine how many voicemails would have been on James Hetfield's phone like, You guys suck, I want you all to die. I'm gonna go start the best band ever. You guys suck. Call me back though, really. Really call me back. I'll come back if you want me to. I'll go yeah. to AA. Come on. Come on, guys. You know, <laughs> there we are. We're right there. It was, oh, Dave, you're an alcoholic, so we're kicking you out. And Out, out of a band that became known as Alcoholica. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but he wasn't a happy drunk like the other ones were. Oh, he no, was he was—he was a "Don't hurt my Danish friend" drunk. That's, yeah, he was kind right. of a—he was kind of a take no prisoners type. <laughs> if Lars that, Ulrich hurt himself, would Dave have to throw him off a cliff? Yes, probably. Yeah, uh, conundrums. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna answer that question tonight. So we all know Dave's kicked out of Metallica. He goes off to start his own band because you guys suck, and I'm awesome. I'll show you. Yeah. So yeah, in response to Kill 'Em All, 1983. In 85, Killing is My Business and Business is Good comes out. Because he had to use the word killing at that point. I mean, exactly. You know, um, and they quote unquote took some of his riffs for, you know, kill them all, according to him. So. Sure, sure. Which is blatantly actually he, obvious. He, yeah. he complained. <laughs> actually, he complained uh, as far forward as Master of Puppets that some of his ideas were even on those records. I can't really say. Yeah, um, that's, that's, that's going to be a. Kill them all. I think you, you think you could tell for sure. I mean, you, you it was, I think it was uncommon knowledge at that point. Kind of the unwritten rule that yeah, Dave Mustaine had you know jump in the fire. He had yeah, a big I mean, influence. Phantom Lord. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's the four seen horsemen the works. Yeah. Oh, the really? Mechanics. He wrote the four horsemen. I mean, the the most blatant example <laughs> was the first Metallica demos. There was a song on it called Mechanics. Yep. And that song was later slowed down. The bridge was changed and the vocals were changed and it became the Four Horsemen. Yep. And kind of another Dave middle finger, the mechanics ended up on Killing Is My Business. Yep. And I hear this and I ask the question, did he play it faster just to prove a point? Because no. I don't ever remember seeing recordings of them playing live where he no, there, they I played know. it if this seen, fast. If you've seen the Cliff of Mall, they hear gigs and I think like the Whiskey Go-Go, whatever they were playing yeah. it. And Dave definitely played uh, like stupid fast. Like Metallica plays fast live because that was their style, but Dave was like a half yeah. a step faster than even James, which is crazy to say. So right. I, don't, I would think so. I think that was just his style. I think he was just trying to play 
as fast as he normally would. I think it's weird that the vocal melody is the same too, if you can call this melody. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, yeah. But yeah, like the vocal lines are the same too, just with different lyrics, which I always thought was kind of weird. Well, this song was written entirely by Dave, to my understanding. Yeah. So I mean, he may, yeah, he may have written the the vocal lines for it. Um, I actually prefer the mechanics to uh, to the Four Horsemen. Um, that's not to say that I dislike the Four Horsemen. Well, but, sure. But mechanics just sounds more raw, uh, and that's what I like about Killing Is My Business. And for a long time, it was my favorite Megadeth record because when I was a lot younger, I was really about extremes, and um, Killing Is My Business is probably one of the most extreme Megadeth albums, but also kind of not in a good way too. Um, I think Dr. Ian Malcolm said it best in Jurassic Park when he said, you guys spent so much time concentrating on whether or not you could. You never stopped to think if you should. Uh, and so I think these songs suffer a little bit. Um, and really just from the time that they that it came out, um, by 85, you know, we'd already had more thrash bands that had done the Kill 'Em All thing. And I think Killing Is My Business sounds a lot like Kill 'Em All, but it's like a, we're going to outdo it. And... I guess it would just depend on who you who you ask would tell you you know whether or not this is better uh, than Kill 'Em All or not. Um, and I get for me, it really just depends on what day it is and what mood I'm in. Sure, it's a different, uh, it's a little different. I don't think you can compare the two side by side that they would be identical. Yeah, I mean it's certainly it's certainly extreme. Um, Dave sounds really pissed off, which yeah, I mean get used to that. Yeah, that, that's um, a that's theme his for, whole thing. That's a theme for his career. Uh, really like Dave's uh, singing throughout throughout their career. Um, yeah, I like he's got that snarl, it's a snarly, snarky, yeah, kind of yeah. growling. Signature. Yeah, like if yeah if if a voice could sound sarcastic, you it know, like Dave. that's it. It's Dave yeah. Mustaine for sure. And this album, a lot of the mystique that Dave does have comes from just how Megadeth was formed and all the decisions that were made in that process. You know, the fact that he's the lead singer essentially came down to, they were in the studio and nobody wanted to sing. So he said, well, I guess I'll do it. You know, the mechanics yeah, pretty much. is essentially, I wrote this song, so I'm recording it. And you know, it's, it's my favorite line he's ever said in a live show. You can hear it on the rude awakening performance that you can watch on dvd or probably online if you look there are two ways you can hear this song there's our way and there's their way (laughs) and for those of you that think this is their way this song is called the mechanics (laughs) nice you know it's good what do you what do you want to say about it this is the guy that was in metallica who spent a lot of time hammering out a sound with them hammering out a song styles riffs and they said, we don't need you. So he said, well, I don't need you. And this is what we got. Right. I definitely... I've never really thought that Metallica and Megadeth are in the same ballpark with each other. They appeal to the same fans, but it's never the same type. Where Metallica was always trying to take it a step forward and become a little more mainstream, Dave was always the one, at least for a lot longer that it was about being metal. A lot more like yeah, Slayer. Keep it, keep it metal. Sure. Yeah. Never branching out, staying within himself. I mean, I think... The first four or five albums, at least. I think this was a difficult birthing process for the band. Um, I think it was necessary. And like I said, I have nothing, no issues with Killing Is My Business. Um, I, I really, like, when I'm pissed off, I mean, it's great to listen to. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely one of my go-to records when I just want to listen to something fast, something angry. Good you know. Yeah, great riffs, good solos. I mean, Dave's got it all. And, I mean, he's completely right that he didn't need Metallica, you yeah. know. Um, he, he definitely was a, was a powerhouse on his own. Um, and this first record kind of shows that. But, again, I think there's a little bit too much of an anti-Metallica attitude in it. and Which I, is I, to be expected, I mean. Right, I get it, but it kind of drags it down, too. Because you're getting a record that's kind of similar to Kill 'Em All. And Joe, remind me, what year did uh, Ride the Lightning come out? 86. 86, so a year later. So like, I feel Try like... again, Josh. You're thinking of uh, Puppets. Puppets. All right, then it was 84. Oh, 84. So Metallica had already moved on from that Kill 'Em All sound. and But then like, here's Dave Mustaine, who used to be in Metallica, and he's doing it again. And I think, that's, I think that might be where the split is with fans, in that they're like, well, Dave Mustaine's only capable of the Kill 'Em All sound. 
At least at that time. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, like you got to think because he's not like in he's going to He's not going to play anything any different at that point. I mean, he's still. Yeah, I, I don't he's know. still getting some of those I, ideas that were like six, seven years old yeah, off the ground. I, I, I almost at this look point. at this as an album like this is an album he had to do to kind of get the anti-Metallica, like, fuck you guys, I, you know, like, I can't believe that you screwed me over. I think, like, he had to get this out of his system. I think this is the album. Because <laughs> then when you did. go from this into the next album, Peace Sells, I mean, I think you can hear a completely different band. Yeah, I mean, Peace Sells was where it was like, okay, Megadeth is this its is own... This is Megadeth, not Metallica right. point this or, is its know. This is its own thing. Yeah, like, this is something completely different. And it is definitely its own thing, because you know what we got next? sells bro is this an mtv music update who's buying exactly <laughs> if i had to pick one song that defines megadeth it would be this, would probably, this would well and this is it. kind of their introduction to where they kind of focus about on war war is a very common theme uh in megadeth um you know kind of like how slayer's theme is you know satanism or not Satanism, anti-religion, anti-religion whatever, yeah. yeah so that's their shtick but megadeth shtick has always war been and politics war and corruption in politics yep. yeah and this came out one year later i think the total time was less than 15 months right i think i think killing is my business was like here's all my old ideas and here's all the new stuff yeah, i've been writing here's metallica yeah. stuff that i have to get off my chest and then this is the stuff i've been writing since then and uh, it's, I mean, it's huge. I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's stylistically as different as like the difference between like Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning. But again, Dave was keeping it metal here. You know, stay in the roots. Right. He he wasn't. I don't think he was going for mainstream appeal here. No, I, think, I don't think he had. Know. I think he had zero interest in trying to be played on radio. Not that Metallica with Ride the Lightning was going. All right. Well, we want to be on the radio now. Right, I think yeah, I think Dave Not Moore was like, um, you know what? Oh, we're gonna thrash. We're gonna just you know one speed and go. Right, no issues with trying to try you know a new sound or anything. Well, if you were lucky enough to pick this, you know, killing is my business up in '85, and next year there's a new Megadeth, and you pick that up, you throw that in, and you know it pops on with Wake Up Dead. Oh yeah, dude. I'm already kind of in a different mood, but I hear I hear what would become. The Dave sound. Oh, yeah. He's not afraid to hit a chord, hold it, let the drums hit a beat, and then just yep. sit there and go, I'm going to tell you something you didn't know. Right. Or maybe you did know. And here's my next note. Like, Yeah, it's just, unique. It's You know, it's different. It's stylistic to him, you know? Well, it just makes me wonder if it was difficult for him to sing over playing and so it was easier to play, stop, To play. talk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. Sure. As a guy who wasn't a lead singer guitar at the same time, I mean, you know, yeah, this was probably his adaptation to it, which is which has actually been kind of a refreshing take, I would think. Well, and as extreme as Megadeth was at this time, you know, they they like they still weren't Slayer, so Dave mm-hmm. has kind yeah. of more of a has more of an approach where like I'm still playing metal, but I need to be able to sing. Yes, you know, and so I think. I think he fills the parts that are hard to sing over with more of like the talking. You know, the, what you get used to is Dave Mustaine just being like, I'm just going to talk to you right now, you know? There's several Daves talking to you at this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, I like that. It, it made the band stand out for Metallica. This was the first record where you could say, okay, Megadeth's actually a thing now. It's not some weird novelty like with alternate versions of Metallica songs on it, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, well, like I said, I, I feel like with the first album, that's just like the, the album Dave had to get out of the way. Like, okay, now I can move on. Now I can focus on Dave being mega death and not right. Anti Metallica. Yeah. And I think, I think killing is my business probably did pretty well. And, uh, so I think when peace cells came out, I think he had a little bit of hype to write off of. Sure. Too. You know, I mean, I'm sure I, you know, cause they're, in, in in heavy metal, you know, more unique, more, more so than in any other genre. In heavy metal, every time a band does something different, fans hate it. So well, I of think course the hardcore fans are right. So I think I think the people that loved Kill 'Em All by Metallica probably were disappointed in Lightning because they're idiots. Yeah, um, and then but, puppets and uh, disappointed with that because it's slow, it's melodic, right? Yada, yada, yada. Right. So like to have something like Megadeth in the pocket. To be like, you know what? I want to listen to that old school that's sound, right. and These I'm going to listen to Megadeth. Me. Yeah, like, you know, and that that's, I think, where the Megadeth, the hardcore, the hardcore Megadeth fans fan. came yep. from, you know? The thrash heads who wanted to stick around to that same sound all the time, like, well, I'll go from Metallica to Megadeth because, you know, they're keeping it real. Right. I mean, you know, there's some kid, you know, in the corner that's like, 
hey, man, yeah, you guys like that new Metallica record? Well, you need to listen to this. And I think that's where you get your division of Metallica fan and Megadeth fans, where the, you know, the Metallica fans are like, well, you know, to hell with Megadeth, they suck. And the Megadeth fans are like, oh, well, Metallica sucks. And, right, and neither one of them suck. No, They're both God, great uh, bands, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, and that, that, that's the weird thing is as an adult, because, you know, when, when I was younger and less mature, I definitely saw division like that. Like, you had to pick one or the other. As an adult, I'm like, dude, nope, I, there's two awesome, awesome albums I can listen to now, yeah. you know? Like, that's so awesome, you know? You know, it's an interesting thought that... That if it had been five years later, he probably wouldn't have started a band called Megadeth. It probably would have been Dave Mustaine. Yeah, possibly. The Dave Mustaine experience. Because <laughs> what, what happens when that band comes out that's really, really good, and then the lead singer decides they don't want to deal with the rest of the band's crap, so they right. go solo, like Peter Gabriel. <laughs> it sounds exactly like Genesis. Yeah. Right, yeah. Except it's Peter Gabriel. With Megadeth, Genesis you kind of have though. a guy who went solo because he had no choice. I was going to say, right, I, yeah. I still view Megadeth as and it Dave was Mustaine the last the middle guys. finger. Like I, I you See, know what? This is called Megadeth. I disagree a little bit, um, in the sense that, yeah, sure, it's all Dave pulling the strings behind. But I feel like the first four Megadeth records, first four or five. It sounds like a band. It doesn't sound like it I all. I mean, it does sound Dave. like a band, but like, he's writing everything. He's you know, well, he's yeah. going. Well, this is what I want you to play. This is what I want you. It's not like anybody's contributing, quote unquote, their own ideas. I mean, this is in Dave's head. I think, and if he's yeah. like, you don't want to do this, you know, then get out. I could see that. I mean, I, I get it. I just, I feel like it just sounds more collaborative. Whereas I think, and it, and it might be, it might be like, well, let's try this note instead of that one. And Dave's like, okay, but I feel like there's an overall like, okay, this is what I want you to play. Maybe on fills or something. You know, they have their own ideas, but. I feel like this is Dave's vision and always has been. Yeah. Maybe not so much later on. He, after he mellowed out, I was like, you know what? I wasted too much time worrying about this. But. I mean, I agree on the later albums. I, the the earlier ones, though, I feel like were more still more of a collaborative effort. Um, a couple of things that I will give Megadeth over Metallica. Um, much better drumming, number one. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, sorry, Lars. I, I just, well, you, I, know, you know... I you know it's just it's just that there was there was a lot more going on with Megadeth, um, like I feel like they really bridged the gap between like Metallica well, their and first Slayer. Drummer, you know, their first drummer was yeah. great. They had a drummer after that. I want to say the the four after their fourth or fifth album, and that they get a new drummer. It was eh, yeah, you know. Again, we won't get into the lineup changes too much because they right. went through quite There's a bit. There's so many. Yeah, I mean, but I think overall the drumming was better. Um, I think the guitar playing. You know, if you're a guitarist, I think. You're going to find a little bit more to chew on with Megadeth. Sure. Again, riff-oriented, riff-driven. Right. Megadeth is definitely a guitar player's yep. band. Without a doubt. If, if you want a definition or, an, or a really good example of how to be a really solid, heavy band, Megadeth is a good place to start. Yeah, and, you know, I think Peace Sells was really... Um, I think it was a really good album as far as differentiating the band from Metallica. It was I think, a good start for them. Yeah, I think if you didn't know the story and you just bought a Megadeth record, I think you could like it on its own merit. I mean, um, right here you got 88. So far, so good, so what? Which is another yeah. really good album. Well, that's a good album. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Peace Sells. No, Peace um, is my favorite for sure. Because it seems a little lazy to me, and it seems like it's more like... I don't know, like like there just wasn't as much like thought or love put into it as, as you had with Peace Cells. I may be um, making this up, but I remember hearing him talk about this album as we had to do it and we didn't want to. Right. So we kinda just an so far so good album so what label. right. Yeah. <clears throat> like I could see that because there's some hit and misses. It's not as technical as the first couple. The, the lyrics, yeah, are lazy or I got the cheese factor on it's a little different. Some of the stuff sounds forced. An, an album has to have at least one song on it that you have to listen to that record to hear. And, I don't get and that with this record. I, I get hook and mouth. That's it. As a, it's like a collection of okay songs. I'm okay with actually skipping this one because <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's a good record. I mean, it's a good Megadeth record. I don't think there's a whole lot of a whole lot that differentiates it from uh, from Peace Sells. There we go. There, so this um, one's the good. But it's Rest also like Josh yeah. is getting ahead of the listener. I know. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> well, excited because yeah. this is a, this is like a this just is a like I can album. see the screen. Yep. So yeah. So what's what's next? Well, Rustin, if Rustin you were a fan of Metallica and you paid enough attention to read the linear notes, 
Kill 'Em All is not the only album that would have Dave Mustaine's name on it. Ride the Lightning, there is one song that has Mustaine credited, and that is The Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, uh, and I won't take the time to play it because me and Josh will be gone for the next yeah, eight we'll minutes. Yeah, we'll probably end up playing it. But uh, Dan, are you ready for Rust in Peace? Oh, dude, I love Rust in Peace. Tie with my favorite album, Hangar 18. Favorite song, <laughs> Take No Prisoners. This is probably one of my and it, tornado a, of souls. I mean, come a, on, is a man. guy who's a huge fan of Metallica. Obviously, this is one of my favorite guitar riff kind of songs. Is Hangar 18. Oh, just oh, I love it, man. It's like super spy sounding. Yeah, like, like it's the Call of Cthulhu, but it's not at all. Yeah. Like it's really like yeah, it's the same riff or whatever. It's got but, lyrics, but I never. I always think of it as an instrumental more so than. I just a that song. song can instantly change my mood. I'm having a bad day. Things aren't going my way. I put on Hangar 8 and I'm in total bliss. Take no prisoners. Yep. Holy wars. Oh man, Holy take wars. no prisoners. Take no prisoners. Oh. Do you want me to? You want me to kick it forward a little bit here? Yep. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay, we'll just we listen to Hangar 18 over and over again. And I know. Um, take no prisoners was just such a heavy song for me. Uh, I, I just, um, again, it's one of those songs that you know. Here comes the sentimental stuff, but it's one of those songs I emotionally connected with a lot. Um. Yeah, it's just a song about not taking shit from people, you know, like, and you got to respect that. Um, <laughs> How you know, many years got, has he had that pen? I got <laughs> I got pushed around when I was a kid, you know, and you um, did not. Don't lie. Shut up, I did too. You, you did were there. It's because I did it. <laughs> Douche. Anyway, um, but yeah, I just had a rough time when I was a kid, and, and a song like "Take No Prisoners" um, really empowered me to kind of to stop stop taking you know taking abuse from other people and um, I listened to that song and it just it just made me feel powerful and that's why we um, listen to metal because a lot of those guys got picked well on. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah as we that's talked as we talked as we talked about in the corn yeah, episode I mean, yeah like that's um, a reason why we can just that song that. really um really feels good to me and um, you know it, it helps me kind of it kind of helps me deal with with that with that kind of history and um, that song really just, oh, I don't know. He's not really listening to Tornado Souls. <laughs> I know, <laughs> Another right? great song. This is the great flaw of this idea of listening to some of our favorite Dude, bands. Honestly, we, we could, could do a three-hour. We could do a three-hour podcast I on know. Rust in Peace. I mean, it's just we won't. We'll, we'll we'll keep it short. It's a great album. It's also, I think, kind of the most like it's the complete. Mo- album. It's the definitive de- yeah. Megadeth record. Whether it's your favorite or not is remains to be seen. But really, uh, you you think that Rust in Peace is the definitive? Absolutely. Okay, we got a lot more albums to have this out, but oh, dude, we'll, we'll you know, get there. Come on, this is you it. might still win. That's the sad part. This is <laughs> this is it, bro. I mean, you you produce a thrash metal album for me that is comes even close to Rust in Peace. Okay, hang, um, let me turn this to Josh here. Josh, and don't say Rain and Blood. In your in your eyes, what is the definitive Metallica record? Well, for me, it was always well. If you if you ask fans, it's going to be Master of Puppets. Like okay. that's their. I agree. So that's their definitive album. Definitive Slayer would be Raining Blood, right? Absolutely. So if Rust in Peace is the definitive Megadeth, yeah. Hats off to the '80s for creating some of the greatest music that metal fans have ever heard. Yeah, well, there, sure. I mean, there's a reason they call they picked four bands and called them the Big Four. The big Four, yeah. I think this is an album to where I can put it on a listen from the first song and listen to every song on the album in its entirety, where I can't necessarily say that about some of their other albums. Like, there's good songs in some of their albums, but, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'll skip over this one. I took skip a... Skip over this one. This one I can listen to from start to finish. I took a four-hour road trip one time, and I put in Rust in Peace, and I never changed CDs until I got there. And, I, I mean, I believe it. And I wasn't, it wasn't albums. even a conscious decision. Like, I'm going to listen to Rust in Peace for Boom. four hours, but Hit I just... Again. I was just enjoying myself so much that I was like, you know what? This is great. You know, um, I love Dave's voice on this too because this is this is kind of the classic Dave Mustaine. He would actually get more more gravelly and growly. I was say, kind you know, more towards in tune the end. Voice. I mean, when you get into the two thousands, I mean, he sounds very you know like raspy and yeah, like and I like that. Wear and tear. Nothing wrong with it, but like something about his voice on this record really just ties together that old school metal sound for me and. Um, it's it's synonymous to me with '80s metal. Tuned his uh, tuned the voice that you would know today from him starts from this album. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, God, I love Rust in Peace. Sorry, I, I just I went full fanboy. I know I'm not supposed to go full fanboy, but yeah, but the next album's not bad either. 
No, I like the next album. Countdown's a good album. But I don't like it as much as I like Rust in Peace. No, no. But all right, we got to keep this thing going. So I we'll know. listen. We'll talk about Countdown. So Countdown to Extinction. It's, 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 it's always It's fun for me to just pick the song to bring the album in on when we talk about it because I could just start the record or I could pick the song that gets you hyped up. Symphony of Destruction. It's hard to pick because this album has nah, so nah, many good bolts, tracks. bro. Oh, okay. Bullets. All right. You win. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tie. I retract. Uh, yeah, I retract. <laughs> They're a tie. Symphony Destruction's good too, but it's not like a straight-ahead thrash. No. You know, um, sweaty bullets. I love it. It's just uh, Dave, Dave struggling with his his inner psyche. This is actually uh, the first Megadeth record that I thought they actually started going for a little bit more mainstream sound. Well, sure. Those were. I mean, they did music videos for Sweating Bullets and Symphony. Yeah. And that's probably more of their. I wouldn't. Their common commercial, like their. You know, the casual fan would know those Megadeth songs before anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I what mean, do you know from Megadeth? Oh, Symphony or, you know, Sweaty Oh, yeah, Bullets. for sure. sure. Yeah, I mean... This thank you, Guitar those... Hero. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like Skin of My Teeth. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah, it's a good opener. So, Me- yeah. Megadeth is pretty good at writing openers. Yeah. A good opener doesn't have to be an instrumental. doesn't have to be a, a hit. It just has to get you in the mood for what you're about to listen to. And then I listen to this, and I say, where did Symphony of Destruction come from? Right, yeah. Totally different. Totally weird, yeah, but I I really fit. Um, And, you know, if you're the kind of thrash fan that says, well, I don't like that song because it's weak, you know. uh, It's a good drum beat that keeps the head bobbing. Oh, yeah. You can headbang to this. It doesn't have to be a thousand miles a minute. It's the first, um, tell that to Slayer. Yeah. Uh, It's the first Megadeth song where I feel like they really experimented with Let's see how far we can get with a good beat and with hooks. Oh, it's a he- it's a definitely a hooky lyrics, yeah. hooky riffs, hooky drum. I mean, everything in this is a hook. Yeah, and you know, it just gets stuck in your head. You can't yep. get it out. And um, Dave's Dave's voice again you know, really carries this. And um, you know, but if yeah, if you're the type of thrash fan that feels like you know, oh, this is weak, this is stupid, this is blah blah blah. I think it was really a testament to Dave's versatility. In the sense that, you know, we've already known that Dave can thrash it out with the best of everybody on Killing Is My Business. You know, we already knew that. We knew what Dave Mustaine was capable of. And he delivered us, what, one, two, three albums of that in a row? So, like, I think at this point we're beyond having to prove, look at how metal we are. Uh, And so I think Symphony Destruction was a really good testament to, like, what else can can we do? Yeah. Uh, I love this. Mm. Sweating bullets. Sweating bullets. We can hang out here all day. I know. I know, right? It's just so <laughs> many of it, of Megadeth's. Oh, man. I can't even say it. There's so many of their albums that you can just sit down and listen to. Yep. And that is the definition of a good band that has made an impact. You just keep listening to it. Oh, yeah, dude. It's killer. You know? Who else would have a conversation oh, with himself and then answer back? <laughs> this <Right>. guy. Yeah. <laughs> right here. Crazy. For people. those of you young kids who don't know what a video is, the video for this is awesome. Internet killed the video star. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. When you get done listening to the podcast, go check this video out. It is awesome. It'll be in low res. Yes. The bars on the side of your screen are normal. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, love that. I just, uh, yeah, Countdown is great. Um, it's got a scary cover. Still makes people uncomfortable when you're like, I'm going to listen to this now. I was unpacking boxes with the dude for like four hours one day, and I just, he's like, you want to put some music on? I was like, yeah. So I put down Countdown to Destruction. <laughs> he's like, he's like, dude, how do you listen to stuff like this and not want to kill people? And I was like, dude, you have no idea how far down the rabbit hole goes. I was listening to Megadeth to be nice. Yeah, like, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I listen to when I want to go to sleep, and it's nice and relaxing. <laughs> if I wanted to unload boxes by myself, I'd listen to Rain and Blood, you know? That's like, right. You know? Uh, uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot to really say about this album. I mean, it's just good it's, songs. Yeah, it's, it was it's, absolutely influential for their career. Yeah, I don't I think mean, it's, it's their best album by a long shot, but I mean, it's hard to follow Rust in Peace. Sure. You know, and I'm, I'm glad that they didn't try to. You know, they could have put out a complete carbon copy of Rust in Peace, and we probably would be talking right now about what a great classic it is. But I think it's cool that they switched it up. Um Unfortunately for a lot of the fans, though, their continuing to switch it up kind of became a problem after a while. Well, because they never really went anywhere as far as mainstream for those first four or five albums. So all you have is your hardcore fans, and if right. you alienate them, then you know you don't have anybody left to really play for. Right. Well, and with Countdown, you know 
they were still Megadeth. It was still cool enough for people to like it. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like Megadeth kind of eased into a more mainstream sound, unlike Metallica, who just kind of like, all right, guys, just, just the black out, <laughs> yeah, and then and then from black to load, you know, like yeah. it just they they just it's obvious they really weren't listening to fan input. I think this is this is Megadeth's first mainstream attempt album. Sure, and you know, I think it's on par with Black Album. Sure. I actually like it more than Black Album a lot, and. That could just be because Black Album's really overplayed for me in my head. Oh, well, yeah. If I was comparing the two side by side whenever I first heard them, uh, maybe I'd feel differently. But um, I really like Countdown a lot, and um, it was interesting to see what direction they went in, went in next with Euthanasia. <laughs> Which was an interesting direction. I don't know, man. It's still heavy, but it's more oh, like a... I don't a, discount the fact it's heavy. It's just It's more different. like a traditional metal heavy, you know? Yeah. It's not like... Um, it's not thrash. Not thrash more. I don't even. What do we? I mean, just regular metal, I guess. I mean, just yeah, like it's kind of like just metal. It's kind of like what Guns N' Roses was doing, you know? Yeah. This Similar. this was the year before Load dropped, or this might have been the same year that Load dropped. So ninety four. Drop a load. It almost sounds like <laughs> I thought Load the nineties version of okay, all the metal bands are releasing nineties records, so I'm gonna try to do one too, and he just kind of didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was. Um, it's still, it's still Dave. It's still it's Megadeth. still metal. Yeah, yeah I it's, mean, it's honestly, I really don't have a problem with euthanasia, and you know, I mean, I know I'm committing metal I, sin after metal sin I by don't talking about corn it, and not, talking about euthanasia. But yeah, and it's odd. And know. while it is not technically their highest grossing single of all time, the song that most people would say is. Came from this record, and that's a Tulemon. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, can you imagine a, a hardcore fan from '85, '86 goes up in time, and then hears that like this is my Megadeth plays this song? Can you imagine the reaction to their hardcore fan? When oh, this dude, come out? I get it. Like I've been that like, guy. What is this? Like this yeah. is their nothing else matters. Like what is this crap? Like this is not my Megadeth. Yeah, I've I've been that guy before with bands. That you doesn't know? surprise me, Dan. No, I have been, and you know. Um, but do you understand now as you get older? Not really. Some bands it was completely unacceptable, but in this case, I think it was fine because, again, Dave's really exploring here, and a common theme you're going to hear on this podcast is just because somebody does something different later on in their career doesn't take away from what they've done ever. Dude, if you want to just listen to Rust in Peace, then just do it, man. It's <laughs> never going to get old. You're going to love it. Don't criticize the new stuff. Right, the new stuff, care. you know. And I think I think it's a more mature reaction to say, I didn't care for the new stuff. It's not in the style that I enjoy. See, I thought this was well done. This song's well done. Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a good song. Yep. Like if you separate it from Dave and Megadeth and everything, it's a it's it's a good song that you remember. And and honestly, after that much extremity, it's almost expected that the band would slow down a bit. Well, sure. You can't do it uh, the same speed forever unless you're a Slayer. <laughs> Well, not to be obvious, but like I like money. You guys like money, yeah. Well, only we're gonna make that money is to con- play what they want to hear, <laughs> right? If I were allowed to separate Megadeth into eras, this would be the first album of the second era. I'd agree with that. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because I don't know if it was Euthanasia, Cryptic Writings. I know it was Risk, but at some point in the '90s, he was working with essentially a country producer. And yeah. you don't hear it on Euthanasia. No. <laughs> you kind of hear it on Cryptic Writing, and Not you like really is. hear risk, it on Risk. Yeah, risk is a yeah. huge influence. You yeah. can that tell that he's go- you somebody know else's ears yeah. were on that You know one. the direction that, yeah, that he's going with that. So I give Euthanasia a pass for still being mostly metal. Um, you know, metal enough. Yeah, it's heavy it metal. Get, it gets it gets a C plus. It's still considered metal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't hate it. Um Cryptic writings, um, well, and this is Megadeth's highest-grossing single, "Trust." Trust, yeah, which is another great song. It is, which fulfilled one of his professional goals to make a gold record. These albums are full of great songs. They're just not thrash or you know what you're typically used to hearing from them from the early in the career, right? It's, I mean, you do what you got to do. I mean, you're right. You, they like different. money. They want. <laughs> they want to continue doing that. So you gotta I just. Change. I listen to this and I say, how is this the highest grossing song they've ever made? 
It's a good song. Because it takes a minute and a half to get going. Well, that's true. Yeah, most singles are more of like your two and a half minute Not when they play it single. live. <laughs> but see, that's not always true in certain cases. I mean, like, look at Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like 17 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, it's not a two minute song, <laughs> you know, like. Are you but comparing it's just David great. Stain to Queen? Oh. <laughs> Don't make me go there. Freddie and Dave? Don't make me go there. Unbelievable, Dan. I, I'd like I'd see that show. And this was the end of the podcast. <laughs> I would watch that show. Yeah. That's when that's when Joe and Josh murdered Dan in the back. All we have to do is convince Dave to re-record the Highlander th- soundtrack. Oh man. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> I'd listen to it. You could definitely hear that this is a song that was uh Yeah, we're listening to it now. It's I don't know, yeah, it's it's in my, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I've come to lost words for this album. Like, it's 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 not one of my favorites. It's definitely gone in a different direction. This is one of those songs where I can pick, you know, four or five songs on it, and like, all right, I really like these songs, and then the rest of the album is, eh, take it or leave it. I have to really be in the mood for it. Yeah, but like, it's a certain, a certain mood to be in for that, for sure. But I think it says a lot for Dave that he can write a good song that most people would oh, enjoy. I can, I can definitely see why this is their biggest grossing song. I mean... For it sure. has it has all the makings of a standard hit for radio, right? And video, and you know whatever other avenue. So, confession: this album has my Megadeth guilty pleasure on it. Dan knows Dan, She Wolf. Absolutely, <laughs> I was gonna say. Douche. Talk about a little out of place. <laughs> yeah, it's a metal song just thrown in there. Like you're like, Wait hey, minute. just so you guys know, uh, we play, we have some other albums out, and they sound like this. <laughs> is this a hidden track? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sir, this is track ten. To close the album out, yeah, just to let you guys know. <laughs> it's that's funny. I I, I want to keep talking about this album. I I, I really can't because I don't want to talk about Risk. But well, well, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on Risk and. It's like you know, it's, it's it's Megadeth, it's it's the start or the continuation of this. I mean, when you get a band that's been around as long different. as some of these bands have, you're gonna have these two, three, four albums, you know, in the middle or end of the career. That's like, yeah, you know, they did an album, <laughs> they tried, <laughs> they tried something different. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, there's not much to discuss. It was because, like, I've been really nice up to this point, <laughs> like. Um, well, yeah. Tell me how you really feel. Uh, I, you know, I don't hate it. I like Dave Mustaine's voice. <laughs> well, again, they're trying <laughs> to. Sound, what, what year is this? What year is this? Is this ninety eight? Uh, Cryptic writings. Yeah, was ninety seven. Ninety seven. So I thought. I mean, wouldn't this have been around the time that Reload have come out? Yeah. So I can see the, you know, the, I mean, the style change in quote unquote metal at this time. I think he's just trying to write what he thinks would be played on a radio or he thinks like what, you know, new metal bands, like new metal would sound like. I think he's just trying to stay relevant and it's just failed. It's just. I, uh, if it didn't have She-Wolf on it, I wouldn't own it. That's me being honest. Yeah, I'm, well, I think a lot of people did. And I think their hardcore fans gave up years ago on before this. So, <sighs> who are they appealing it was a, to? It was a hard record to get through. Yeah, I mean, it's do do we have to talk about Risk? No. Next. Uh, I mean, it has Crush'em on it. Crush'em's a good song. It sounds better live, but now this is. This is load and reload. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean this. By <laughs> this was like, the same period, the same. You know, I could just see Dave like trying to get over the Metallica thing, and then you know, Fuel or something comes on, and he listens to you know, it, until it sleeps, and he's like, "Damn it, I can do that. I can do better I, than it, that." It, it sounds like it was recorded in Nashville. It That's just right. Drives me nuts. Yeah. I listen to the guitar, and <laughs> I'm like, I hear country. it. It's it's that wanky country sound, but it's Dave, and I'm it's like, no. James did Mama said, I can do that too. No comment. <laughs> you don't even have a word to say, do you, Dan? No comment. <sighs> okay, so. <laughs> yes, on. comment. What were they thinking? Like, honestly. <laughs> That's it. They weren't thinking, Like, Dan. first of all, you pulled this shit two times already, okay? Like, I get it, man. I like making money too. 
Keep in mind, though, me and all my douchebag buddies are who's paying your bills. I was going to say, we okay? pay for you to We're do that. buying your albums, okay? We're buying your tapes. We're buying your LPs. We're buying everything because you have such sweet cover art. And then I put the record in, and I listen to it, and I'm just irritated because, like, I mean, dude, do you know why people like Megadeth? Clearly you don't. He was in a dark place, Dan, okay? No, I don't care. <laughs> no, when you're in a dark place, you put out dark records. And dark <laughs> records are very metal, Josh. <laughs> this is not metal. Well, this is why Metallica can do something like this, and it sells records, and Dave does it. <laughs> I know, right? I didn't, freak, I didn't I mean, freak out like this about Load Reload. I know. But. Load Reload is not far off of this. I don't know, man. I mean, no, no, remember, no. Mama it is. Says? It is, Do you man. remember Mama Says? Yeah, I do, Josh. Thank do, you, do you for you bringing that? that up. But you know, Do you remember Outlaw thing. Torn, Ronnie? <laughs> Outlaw Torn was great, though. It was so heavy. Well, it was, man. That, it was maybe. like slow and 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 build it up, build it up. Wow, uh, like it built up. It was it was epic in scope. There's nothing like that on this record. I don't disagree with you. This I don't is garbage. You're yelling at me, I'm just saying. Like like because Metallica did a different style and it sounded good on this record. It did not sound good. I don't disagree with you. Quit okay. yelling. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. That's what we pay him for. I know. Uh, I agree with you. Wait, it, he you get did paid? try to do something different. It didn't work <laughs> on this album. I mean, so it didn't work. You're right. Hell and, not at and, all. And, not and at honestly, all. for a band that's been rock solid up to this point, I'm willing to give this one a free sure, pass. You get a pet. They're not all of their albums are going to be 100% gold every time. Right. So help me out here. Did Megadeth c- go away? After this record, or was it the next record? Because there was a little time frame where Megadeth was no more. It was and then after, Dave says it was no, after the world you. needs a hero. Yeah, after this one, they were gone for like four or five years. It's like he had. I wasn't. I think the time he had the nerve. He had nerve issues with his arm, and they didn't. Yeah, he wasn't damage. sure if he was even yep. going to play again. Yep. And so can, can I redeem risk for you, Dan? Uh, no, I, I I can actually. Because this is the world needs a hero. Oh yeah, yeah. Return yeah. to hangar. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, like that's the most honest thing they could have they could have made it. You know, like a most honest song they could have made. Dave snapped out of it and was like, "Okay, yeah. we'll go back." I'm okay, sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, Dan. I yeah, got, I'm sorry. I got a letter. I got a, yeah, <laughs> I got a letter in the mail. You know, from Dave saying he was personally sorry and included a copy of the new record. None of this happened. <laughs> this is all fiction. A personal note. I wrote this song for Dan. Yeah, I love it though, man. You know, and um. So it wasn't a return to Russ in peace. I would say musically, this is a lot closer to Countdown, which is not a bad thing. No, not at all. I, I had no problem with the world needs a hero, and it was really great. The world did need a hero, and you it's know what? It was Dave Mustaine. Yeah, he was good, the hero. It's a good bounce back <laughs> album. It should have been called Metal Needs a Hero. What what fans they had left at this point? They were like, oh, oh, thank God. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, really liked this record a lot. Um, I remember, back I remember to, being back to good risk because this is, this is when I was more cognizant. Like, so like risk, I actually bought like with my own. It was like one of the first records I bought with my own money. You know, like I'm sorry. And, and um, <laughs> would you like so, a refund? <laughs> so I think that you know my freak out is kind of more that in that you know I spent money on this and I did right. not get what I was expecting. Right, you know, because you know, and it wasn't good. He remind me of Jason Newstead talking about load and reload. <laughs> Well, Josh is a professional Metallica comparisonist. That's right. right. <laughs> it's just, well, you know. They're the bar who's, I mean, they set the bar high. That everyone, Dave constantly compares himself to them. That's how his whole career was built on that. That is kind of true, yeah. I mean, he, up until their their last couple of albums, I think the, everything he was trying to do was keep up with them. I agree. While still being, you know, mega death at the same time. But, uh, you know, the World Needs a Hero is definitely a step in the right direction. Yes. It's a, back, a good band. The, it's, yeah, it's, it's my mega death is back, and yes. you know, there's a lot of good songs on it. I didn't love everything on it, but you know, my God, was it better than Risk? You're you like, know? okay, I will now see what you have to offer beyond this. Right. It's kind of like Death Magnetic in that response. Yeah. Like, like, okay. All right. It's not right. like Death Magnetic was a great record, but oh my God, for what it followed, you know. Like, Let me introduce myself. Oh. Just makes you feel better listening to it, doesn't it? It does, dude. You have no idea kind of freaked out there for a minute i know i Welcome apologize back. i apologize for that so uh, between 2001 and 2004 too much. what happened so dave um actually had some nerve damage yeah, i forget the in his story shoulder what yeah yeah i think it was nerve damage in his shoulder and basically he was told i guess that he was never going to play again don't tell dave uh, mustaine that. don't yeah you tell dave mustaine he can't play guitar that's a good way to get a 
pool stick broke off in your butthole. You know, like it's just not. It's not cool. Dave's not gonna take that line down. No, and he didn't. Um, during this time, actually, so. I don't even know if this is relevant to the discussion. I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Uh, Dave converted to Christianity during this point. So, like, I like to believe it that he's like, hey, Jesus, can I continue to play Megadeth songs? And Jesus was like, I'm yeah. anxiously awaiting the next Megadeth That's album. That's right. Wait until <laughs> we have it. I'll heal your arm. What right, you, what, right. What do you need to do? I'll heal your, heal your arm, but you got to promise to never do risk again. You know? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know exactly what had happened. Like, oh, was this years of playing or... Or if he's seen how it filled one up in flames, he's like, well, I, I got to get hurt. I can bounce back, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's something to do with that. I've actually um, never heard anyone make that comparison. <laughs> I, just, I just was thinking about it. I'm like, well, that's kind of coincident. You this know, is Hadfield way better. gets burnt up, and then Dave's like, oh, okay, well, you know what? My arm's going to fall off, and I'm going to put it back on and play. Right. This is my number one Megadeth <laughs> record right here. Really? Huh. System has failed. Wow. And I mean, it's a great comeback record. It's more Megadeth than uh, even The World Needs a Hero is. Uh this is like old school Megadeth right here. If I'm going to sit down and listen to a record, I usually say, well, if I listen to She-Wolf, I'm stuck. But right. if I listen to Kick the Chair, <laughs> I've got at least chair. five other yeah. good options here. Yeah, I definitely get pretty excited when I hear Kick the Chair. <laughs> um, Blackmail the Universe is awesome. We're back to war and politics and everything. Know. Like the immediately. stuff that make, makes them them. Even sneaks of mice and men in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just... It's got a lot of the uh, it's got a lot of the heaviness of the old Megadeth, but it also has a lot of um, new of sound, newer sound, yeah. But like catchy songs, but like not like Risk. I can't He's stress that enough. Still trying to sound mainstream. They never did anything that sounded like Risk yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, well, we'll get to United Abominations. Oh, you don't like United Abominations? I don't, it's not, I don't dig it. I don't. It's dig not it. Risk bad. <laughs> well, no, nothing is risk bad. <laughs> no, uh, no. I, I mean, say it's close. just like nothing is saying anger bad. Oh uh, yeah. The system has <laughs> failed. Was a really important Megadeth record, in the sense that it was like, okay, Dave's back. He's still pissed off about you know everything about the government, about the government, and and politics, and um, and all that stuff. And uh, it's it's it was good to hear the songs were catchy. Um, I think every song on that record is redeemable. Um, there's not a whole lot I skip on that record. It's um, no, I don't want to say another, it's, it's another one of those records you could pop it in and listen from the first song all the way to the end. And, and sure, you know, I'm like no, nope, skip. Nah, I mean, skip. And it's it's close um, to Rust in Peace. You know, it's but just not. not it, there's quite. the youthful energy to Rust in Peace that it's not captured here. But I don't think you were going to recreate that regardless anyway. I mean, that's like. But you can't, man. There's a certain yeah, magic I mean, in every record you release that reflects the time and 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 space that you were in. And then that brings us to the next one. All right, Joe, tell me how you feel about United. I know. I mean, it's, I, I'm. I, I can't it's give okay. you. I can't give you your type of outbreak on it. But it, outbreak. It, well, that's what Dan has every time he listens to Risk. I yeah, just, I know what you're I thinking. Don't you mean, out, don't don't you mean outburst? Him. No, I mean outbreak. I actually, uh, <laughs> I actually skipped Risk when I was prepping for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I believe. I, well, I believe you. Did. You know how I asked you? I asked you how you felt about. Um, yeah, I was curious. I what, asked only about um, what was it? No, I asked you about Risk and Night Risk and and cryptic writing. Yeah. It's, it's always trying to sound mainstream. I, I, that's kind of, it's. It sounds like the record they should have made when they made Risk. I don't think that this is. I don't think the United Abominations sounds any worse than Sim than um, Countdown. Oh no, it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound bad. It's just I don't. The songs aren't really memorable to it's me. It's Sure, I, I get that. It's just. The album. unnecessary re-record of a Tulumon with a female singing backup. That was awesome. Not really. Okay. Did you need Been it? There, done that. Did you need it? No, I didn't. Is need it, it better than the first one? You know, Joe, I don't need heavy metal albums. Okay, but I, no, no you know. I'm talking about I'm talking about the re-record. <laughs> Did this you may, need is it? This maybe an album where he was just like, I don't have a whole lot of ideas on this one. I kind of ran short. I think he wanted completed. to. Fo- I think he wanted to follow up. Uh, the system has failed. Like we had a, yeah, which is obviously a record that took years to make, whereas this one didn't. It took like a year or less. I mean that's just where it's at, but it's not a bad album. 
I'm just with Joe. Yeah, it's not catchy. There's not anything that you can go, oh, I love that I, song. I, but I, I don't think it's bad. I, you know, when I listen well, to no, it, it's I don't, not a bad album. I don't but it's not, not enjoy great. myself. You know, I can't think of anything on it that I need to put it in to listen. I can't. There's just there's no riff. There's no song. If if I if I think of United Abominations, I'm thinking of the re-record of a Tool of Mont just to show you why that doesn't need to exist. Sure. But the riffs well, are but there. But Joe, it filled another track up. It's, I, just because you have, can fill a track doesn't mean he was you either need to like it. it was that song. Oh, trust or me, was, I know. It was either that or it was a leftover from Risk album, Dan. So I filled up an entire track with noise before. I get it. You would. I did. So the next album, however, end game. I don't know where I would start the third era of Megadeth. I don't know if it would start with the system as failed. I, I think it starts with system. system yeah. yeah, but uh, end game. Uh, if you, this is where Dave is now. This is where he has been since 2009, and he has not deviated. Yeah. Um, this Endgame. Is, this is the era of this is what a Megadeth song sounds like. Here's 12 of them. Enjoy. Endgame yeah. gave me a raging fanboy boner. <laughs> it did, man. It was heavy, but like almost like more modern. I don't, I don't know how to really to explain it. Like, I just... Head Crusher. The Head Crusher. Oh, my God. Yeah, head right? Like, a, where a, did that even come from? Like, yeah. that is so extreme for Megadeth. Like, like Dave, Dave, why didn't you write this before? Right. <laughs> where was this at? It's, it seems to me like he had to have had that idea, like, in a closet somewhere oh, for sure. years. Like, just save it. This might like, be You know what, guys? This is it. This is the record that we're we going to put Head back. Crusher That's on. Right. Yeah. We need to come back here. <laughs> right. So, I mean... Oh, like he sounds pissed off. He sounds like he did in the '80s. Like I just, ah, uh, um, I well, love this record. He's like, all right, Metallica might be over with for good. This is our time to shine. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Like, like this is where like they were uniquely put a band that was putting out records that were just as good as what they had put out in their first four. Yeah, I could. You can compare this to their their first. Era. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was a really strong up. start. It holds up. Kind of a soggy middle. But then, like an extremely amazing comeback, I think Endgame just kills it. I mean, System Has Failed was great, but this is like, <laughs> like really thrash metal. <laughs> like I was gonna know. say, I think the the return of the thrash riffs was is evident on this album. I think with Megadeth, like when System came out, I was happy with something that sounded similar to <laughs> Countdown. It reminds but you of Rust in Peace, doesn't it? It does. Look, yes, yeah, there it is. Yeah, and it's like. That's why I love it. I was happy with stuff that sounded like Countdown because I thought they were never really going to go back to that old thrash sound. And then they put this out, and I'm just like, I mean. It gives you hope. Hope now, for the future. Yeah. Like, is Dave, like, reading my mind? Keep, like, keep I, in mind, you know. this is 2009. Yep. Oh, yeah. J- jump forward two years. Yeah. You're on 13. We got 13, and we get the same thing. Yep. Again, only better. Not better. But I, w- I would say it's equal. It is equal, it's absolutely. Equal. This is point. Two. They kind of pulled. They, two. They kind of pulled a Slayer here. We found something that works. Yeah, do it, do it again. Yeah, we're gonna stick to this formula forever because this is what people love and this is what people show up to see. And I was gonna say, and it's working. I mean, at this point, they're back into touring. You know, soccer stadiums. In oh Europe, yeah. You know the you know the big four out doing it. You know. And Megadeth's image has changed over the years. Sure. At this point, Dave's mellowed out. He's not so much angry with the whole Metallica thing. Right. It's, it's he's over it. They played shows with Metallica. Yeah, I mean you know? they're they're friends again. Like, he was on. You know, uh, he played with them live on, on what was it, Joe? The thirty year anniversary of Metallica. Years, yep. Yeah, he played live with them. It was great, and um, all was forgiven. He was like, you know what? It's life's too short. All I of think, these years where people and were guess what, guys? My album's gonna get album of the year in twenty seventeen. So right. what? What? Yeah, he probably didn't say what? What? I was just. I, I, I don't think Dave would have. Yeah, I mean, so what? what? No, I I just think it was just finally Dave just playing music just to thrash, like you know. Yep. And I'm not doing it for. I'm sure he does it for the fans, but you know, not doing it to compete, not doing it for the money. Dude, Super Collider. Yeah, I'm about to I'm about to jump in the time machine and jump another two years, and here's Super Collider. Oh, so good too. I mean, when I said the 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 last four, a little softer on this one, but yeah, still great. The last four records that they put out, they're in the same ballpark. It's it's here's Megadeth. This is what they sound like. Enjoy. Oh yeah. Favorites oh, out of the last four then. Oh, favorites out of the last four. Yeah. What's your Ooh. favorite album out of the last four? Oh, 
Probably dystopia. That mine is now. I'm it, that guy. Before that came out, it, it would have been. But I, I would either. It's either going to be dystopia or it's going to be Endgame. Endgame was until dystopia came out, and then it was like, yeah. geez, this is man. I like, mean, like, I'm excited for another Megadeth album. Like, Dave actually I, sounds like scarier on dystopia than he did on. He gets. Yeah, like it's like it's deeper. That's the first thing I noticed about dystopia. It's like was he's that, that psychotic uncle that's in the yeah, corner writing, like yeah, talking to himself, dark like, and <laughs> like, well, yeah, what? Um, what? He's talking about like the end of the world and stuff. <laughs> it's just like you know, Dave. What have you been doing? <laughs> right. It's like he knows something that we don't. Know. You know, like, the conspiracy yeah, theorist yeah. Dave is. Over. Yeah, I mean, I love you know, I love Makes it. Makes Hangar Eighteen seem real now. Right. Um, <laughs> what do you know, Dave? Hangar Eighteen is real. This record. You know? This record uh-huh. is is musically is musically rock solid. <laughs> it is. It's technically sound. It's tight. There's no songs that I skip, and it's just so unusual because like. Metallica is never going to put out a record that's going to make me feel the same way that Master of Puppets makes me feel. But Megadeth makes me feel the way I felt the first time I heard Rust in Peace with Dystopia. Yeah, really? but I think that sounds. I think it's because they're all real similar in well, style. But they don't. They don't sound the same. But like, well, yeah, but I think musically. With Metallica, like every album since Master of Puppets has been different from the previous. And they haven't really gone back to that Master of Puppets no. formula, whether it be it that they don't want to or, you know, they've done that. I think with, like, with Megadeth, I think I think they wanted to go back to that sound, and I think they did well with going back to that sound, where some bands go back and they're like, man, what are you doing? Like, give it up you can't sound like that anymore right. well, I think I just, but the, uh, clearly they can Like, yeah I Dave mean, I mean uh, Megadeth clearly can still do he that he doesn't I mean, care at all he just does it you know and like which makes them a rare exception right and I think Not that's why they're so do. I think that's why they're so revered as a metal band because there aren't a lot of metal bands that I can think of that have done that except and, maybe like Slayer or Iron Maiden which basically consi- basically released the exact same sound throughout their career people eat it up because right Judas Priest yeah, I mean, they did for the longest. Mean, no, whatever. no, no, no. Judas Priest was stylistically different when they started than later on. That is true. I guess I meant what they're known for. I mean, for. Go, listen yeah. to, go listen to British Steel and then listen to Painkiller. Not even in the same ballpark. I'm just going to stick with Iron Maiden on that one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. That, that's fair. That's, yeah. that's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. The, we're, we're talking two separate podcasts here. Judas Priest <laughs> and Iron Maiden. Can we know? do a podcast about metal? Just in general? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't see why not. All right. Maybe that maybe that'll be coming up. Joe, here we can weeks. do yeah. whatever we want. We pretty much can. I mean, I know I can. Nobody's stopping you. You're right. I don't. I. Uh, I mean, I. I think that's why. I think that's what at this point it's. They can sound like their old stuff, but it's modern. It still kicks ass. It's going to continue to kick ass. Dystopia. Dystopia comes out. <laughs> Metal it's album even, of the year. It's, yeah, it's even better than before. Yeah. I, yeah, I, he he can do it because he's he's Dave Mustaine. There, I mean, he's mega Yeah, I, mean, I, I want to hear what what's next. Yeah, you know? I mean, definitely. It almost makes me wonder, like, would what I just always wonder what Metallica would sound like had Dave stayed. What their course would have been if he would have been kicked out at some point? Would he have left? Would you know? I, yeah, I don't know. Would would there be no no there would be no Dave Mustaine anger? Dave Mustaine riffs from that. Yeah, I don't know. Be weird. It would be. Would Metallica be popular? As the world. Been the world. Had? Would you say the world is a better place because Megadeth exists? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad. I I'm, agree. Unfortunately, I'm glad that he was kicked out because I think had he stayed, Metallica wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. And I think they're better off without him. And he was better off without them. Yep. And we were better off as fans for having him. It's kind of like only- when your parents get divorced, right? <laughs> I, I, I think the best. Sorry, I, sorry, oh, I, oh, I said that. I, oh. I think the best thing that you ever, the best songs that are ever written by Metallica, were written by James and Lars. Even if all they did was arrange them, sure. So no matter what happens, you eventually would have had Dave be gone because at some point he's just gonna want to have his opinion. I'll I'll agree with that, but Megadeth is the definite explanation here. of his opinion. <laughs> Oh, geez, like, oh, would it be like Leonard Skinner to have four guitar solos? Well, no, we I, definitely, but see, we wouldn't. I don't think with Dave Mustaine in the band, we would have gotten iconic no, Metallica I, I songs like Joe. "Nothing Else Matters." He would have been and, booted out know. at some point, but at the point he would have been booted out, would Metallica be relevant? 
Probably not. They just would have been just another thrash band that might have died, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if I had or, a you know destroyed themselves, machine, yeah. you know they you know kill them all would have come out. You probably wouldn't have had ride the lightning. It'd it be would, it'd be interesting the, to see in a different. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine if Dave yeah. wouldn't be kicked out, that you would have had ride the lightning and master puppets would have been kill them all two and kill them all three. Like, Possible. Like I think that's what would. Well, have with happened. that much testosterone, if the band had survived that long. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That, you know, if, if they were even together at that point, sure. Am I glad they got kicked out? Definitely. As a metal fan, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Because you got two great, great bands out of it, as opposed to maybe not having none. So here's the guitar player's question, Josh. If some kid comes up to you today and says, I want to play metal, are you going to tell him to go listen to Metallica or are you going to tell him to go listen to Megadeth? Look at the Megadeth for sure, and then listen to Metallica. Like James Hetfield, I love him. He's one of the one of the one of the better riff guys out there. But if you're if you're wanting to be from a technical or just riff guitar driven, learn Megadeth first, and then then you can do Metallica. That's an interesting view. Final thoughts on Megadeth, Dan? Uh, I just want to hear the next album. I'm I'm yeah. hooked. I mean, I'm hooked again. I feel the same way about Megadeth now as I did when I was twelve. You know. Dave is I just want to hear awesome, more. Yeah. Awesome I want player. I want I want more of Dystopia. I want more. Um and I think I think what separates this from stuff like Slayer is that you know, like I, I, I want to hear more from Slayer too, but You know what you're gonna hear. They're it's never gonna, gonna give me something that sounds different than what I already know. No, have. it's gonna be another anti religious type but with with metal with Megadeth you have more memorable songs, so like the concept of having 10, 10 new memorable songs for me to digest over the course of two years. Uh, I'm really into that. And I, I really, I, I want to hear more. Um, and that comes from a sincere place. I mean, I just, I really, I Dave, love, I love more. Yeah. I love the band. And I just, I, if Megadeth ever breaks up, I'm going to lock myself in my room like a little girl, you know, I would say anybody that's stuck in that rut where they think that Megadeth is not worth listening to. Not only are you out of date, you're just an idiot. Dan, maybe that's not going to break up because Dave's just going to find somebody else that'll st- to fill in. For. He's had I'll like do it. fourteen lineups. Even I if mean, I'd have to just beat a tambourine had, in the background, they had I'll the do same it. four guys. I think through the fourth album, and then the guitar player and the drummer were fired for drugs, and then the other two they had in were there for like one album or two albums. Then he, you know, then their bass player left, and then he came back. Like it was a revolving door of people. For either drugs, um, alcohol, couldn't get along with Dave. Probably mostly that one. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows the stories. Is he's a difficult guy to get along with. But out of that comes creative genius. And for that, we thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. My album of the week is by the band American Standards, and it is Still Life from 2012. What about you, Dan? What do you got? Uh, Living Sacrifice, self-titled Living Sacrifice. Josh, what do you got? I've been listening to a lot of old Ozzy stuff and Randy Rhodes stuff because I've been picking around on the guitar lately. So cool. I am saying Blizzard of Oz or Diary of a Madman. Just anything from Randy Rhodes in his early career before he was cut short. Oh, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Not so much Ozzy, just Randy. Throne Ozzy. I like we are going to be taking off. Everybody's going to like Ozzy. Yep. So- Ozzy and Black Sabbath. Thank you for listening. You once guys again. have a great night. And we will see you next week when we talk about the greatest metal band to ever exist. Yeah, screw Metallica, screw Pantera, screw Megadeth. Everybody knows you, you want to tell them who it is? About... Oh, no, you want to tell them who it is? Or you oh, want to yeah. leave it hanging? Oh, oh no, leave let's it, leave it hanging. Leave it hanging. Yeah. I mean, you guys get it too. Who could be? This, this band makes every band we've talked about sound like garbage. That's all I got to say. You just said that, right? That's all I got to say. Yeah. I'm wow. Okay. Podcast over. We will see you guys next week. Out.